On this episode, Dude and Tyler dive into five different recent barrel picks from bourbon enthusiasts and Mash and Journey private barrel clubs. Find out what they were and how they rank on this episode of The Bourbon Hunters. But before we get started, do you like our podcast? Do you like bourbon gear? Visit our website at www.bourbonhunters.com to check out our bourbon shirts and to buy a bourbon hunter Kinsey Dram. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I'm Duke Poole. I'm joined by Tyler Chaser. And tonight we've got a pretty big lineup here. We've actually received a decent amount of stuff from our bourbon clubs. And um, well, let's see here. We've got uh, two Cask Strength Rebels and two Cask Strength Ezra Brooks, uh, one of each from Mash and Journey and Bourbon Enthusiast. And then we've got a Yellowstone also from Mash and Journey. Uh, that uh, Tyler was able to be on the pick for the uh, both both of the rebels and the Ezra Brooks I was on the picks for and the Yellowstone Tyler was on the pick for so we're gonna go through those today uh, five different drinks I might even do a mixture of Rebel and Ezra just to do a half and half uh, that's a I'm a big fan of those I don't know if you've ever done those or not but those are good mixing them together like that I have not yeah it's good that Let's way see that um. All right. So, uh, what have you been up to, man? You haven't been. We haven't recorded in a in a while. Um, if you're a follower of us on Instagram, um, our buddy, our mascot Banks, uh, he passed last week. So, we've kind of been. It's a lonely room. Yeah, he's not in here. It's the first time we've recorded without him. Um, he's. Uh, I think we hadn't recorded for a few weeks because he was in decline, and then also. Um, uh, since he passed last week, we canceled the recording. But um, so it's been a few weeks since we've been in here, actually. Um, but what have you been up to, man? Uh, kids are just sucking the life out of us. Just absolutely sucking the life out of us. As they do. As yeah. they do. <clears throat> um, I mean, my two year old's just going through um, just the roughest of rough times, just as our newborns adjusting to that or just uh, in his own well way? i think he's going through his terrible twos at the same time as being jealous of um is he being jealous yeah and i mean he's stuck to my wife so basically anytime that he's around i have to take the baby yeah because he's jealous and then you know pretty much any other instance he just wants to hang on her so um, it's, it's I mean, not I like think that's kinda, pretty common for a yeah. kid, right? I yeah. mean, I think that's pretty uh, pretty typical of a kid to, to be a mama's boy, especially that young. I yeah, mean, for sure. Uh, I think Brylon was very, very similar, um, except for his stretched out to about 15 or 16. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, besides that, really, really nothing, man. Um, back to tra- traveling a little bit for work, went down to Raleigh. Um, go back up to Michigan soon. Chicago's on the books. Damn. So that's a uh, that's a pretty you you are where I was about ten years ago. Yeah. With the amount of travel. Yeah. You know I think it's uh, it's interesting, but uh, you're what fifteen years younger than me, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, that kind of makes sense, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting to me just because I think I feel like I'm past that point, although I've got travel getting ready to start up. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm going to possibly Toronto May 11th and 12th. And then that next weekend, that same weekend, like that's Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday leaving for Vegas. Oh, wow. So I'll be gone almost for like 10 days. Wow. So uh, Vegas for work it'll be or seven just days, seven for days. fun? Yeah, work. Yeah, nice. but I'm taking Trina with me because yeah. it's over Mother's Day weekend. Nice. So the actual trade show doesn't start till Tuesday. So we're going to fly in together on Saturday. She's going to fly out Tuesday morning to come yeah. home. And then... Um, That's nice. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then... So she'll uh, be back here. So she'll only be gone for you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then back Tuesday evening. So almost four days, basically, for her. Um, and then I'll be gone for almost a week. So, and I, I mean, I'm going, I'm getting home from <clears throat> Toronto. If, if this gets scheduled, it, they're talking about Toronto. The, the Vegas one is for sure. But I'll get home on Friday just to turn around and leave on Saturday. Yeah. That's gonna, crazy. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. Um, yeah, I. Uh, funny you're talking about Toronto. One of my colleagues was like, hey, you're coming up here. Do you want to go see this customer of yours? Who he, he also has kind of a relationship. He's like, do you want to go see their plant in Windsor while you're up here? And I was like, sure, I'll try to make it work. Not realizing actually my passport expires the 22nd, and I'm going um, a couple of days after that. So... Sure as shit. I'm like, you know, there's a couple of same day passport places. And so I called this morning. Aren't they all backed up? They're like, well, so technically you can't go there unless you're traveling internationally within 14 days. Oh, okay. So um, she's like, yeah, the only one opens in Buffalo. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to fly to Buffalo to get my passport. Uh, So I was like, yeah, I can't go. That's crazy. Yeah. You're not going to. Yeah, so I still haven't gotten my uh, global entry. I told you the story yeah. when we came back from Mexico that uh, we missed the cutoff by like 20 minutes for the interview yeah. in the in the uh, airport. And the the funny thing was it said they were open. I'm making these numbers up, but they said they were open until like 7. And then when we got there, they're like, no, 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 we closed at 6. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. So, um, you son of a bitch. But yeah, so it's I'm I'm hoping maybe if I go to Toronto this time I'll be able to get my global entry on the way back in this time. Oh, that'd be nice. But we'll see. I don't know. Nice least, little they they typically have nice little duty free, don't they? I have no idea. Never been. Never flown to Toronto. Mm. <clears throat> you want to start off with this Yellowstone? Yeah, let's do it. Give me a little give me a little pour there. <sighs> we uh we primed with this. Yeah. But. We're going to go back to this a little bit here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this is a Yellowstone. What's the age on that? Barrel pick. Uh, let's see if there is one. It's a story. Barrel 2017. Barreled in 2017. So it's about six years. Yeah. Probably five and a half, yeah. I'd, I'd guess. Uh, um. But that's Stephen good. Beam is the distiller. Yeah, it's a 115 proof mash and journey selection. Um, I was there for this. Uh, I unfortunately did not get to partake, but I did get to taste. 
Um, the unfortunate thing is when you're there, Yellowstone makes you have a designated driver. Um, and I don't think they let us know this beforehand. So we kind of walked in and it was yeah, like... Yeah, sometimes they don't let you know that. Now, that's the one thing I'll say that when I go with Bourbon Enthusiast, he's always been very good about um, knowing ahead of time whether yeah. or not they... Uh, you know, are going to require a driver. And yeah. so he always hires us a driver when we yeah. go. Well, um, the, the interesting thing is, is you, you can't even lie to them and say, Oh, we're, we're, we're going to get an Uber. Cause they're out in the middle. Yellowstone's out in the middle of nowhere. Right. in um, is it, is it Lebanon? Uh, Lebanon, Kentucky. Yeah. 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 And, uh, they're like, we know there's no Ubers out here. So you're lying. Like, Oh yeah. Just, there's no Ubers in Bardstown either. Remember yeah. we had to take it to actual taxi. Yeah. So they, they get you, they walk in the door and they're like, well, pick which one's going to DD. And you're like, and I was like, mm, I guess I'm, you know, I guess I'm the DD. That sucks for you. I, I, I did get to, uh, you know, s- s- you know, taste the, the winner, but um, I did not get to, to partake in the panel, which was, I think, nine overall drinks. Yeah. Small, small pours, but nine overall. Um, and so that was cool. But that yeah. is pretty cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about that, that, uh, process because they did what three different proofs that you got to taste through to choose which one you wanted. Yes. There's three different proofs. Um, I don't remember. I, I want to say one of them was 107, I think it was 93, 107 and 115, right? Maybe it was like 97 proof or something like that. Okay. Well, their standard uh, yeah. proof is 93. So okay. maybe it is 97. Yeah. Maybe they do something a little different. Um, <clears throat> And then there was something else with the process too. Uh, again, it was a year ago, so I have I no recollection of the entire time. Now, I forget his name, but the individual kind of curating the pick along with the um, the overall, you know, hosting the experience for us was just phenomenal. I I don't know that I've ever had um, quite the character. Uh, at a distillery, he he was he was amazing. Yeah, um, just really went over the history of everything uh, with the Beam family and, and Yellowstone. Uh, it, it was a great overall place. Um, they're distilling their own stuff, so very cool. That is good. I know um, that that's the only one you've ever done before, right? Uh I've yeah, life has really suckered me into not being a part of a lot of them. <laughs> I think uh, it's interesting to me. I was counting. I don't remember who I was talking. I mean, to. I was I was with um, for Mash and Journeys Middle West Middle West. Yeah, um, that they still haven't taken yet. Yeah, they they still haven't taken yet. Um, <clears throat> I I think that is the only one you've done besides the Yellowstone here. Yeah, um, and it's funny because. I mean, I've been offered like six times. Yeah, you just couldn't go. I, and I did math in my head the other night, and I've been to 10 barrel picks now. Nice. Um, and that's if I didn't The unfortunate one. thing is, is a lot of times when they pop up, it's like, can you go next Tuesday? It's like... Well, uh, I, th- I think for me with Bourbon Enthusiast, that's how it works, because I think he knows that I can generally take off work if I need to, and yeah. just meet him down there because I'm only three hours away. Yeah, so if he doesn't have... The, if, yeah, the right people right. Or. if if his random drawing of people uh 
doesn't pan out, he can always, there's two or three of us that he always calls on to join him if, if that happens. Um, all right, so let's get into this. This is Yellowstone Bourbon, Old Ritter 115. It's a pick from Mash and Journey. It's six and a half years old. And uh, it's, uh, there were 206 bottles in this, uh, in this uh, offering. But um, all right, let's nose it. What do you get on the nose? This was a, a nice, you know, standard brown sugar. There's a little hint of fruit. I get um, like a, a light cake. Yes. And like a butterscotch. Yeah. Th- those are the two things I, that come out to me. Um, those are, I think those are the, it, it is, it's a subtle nose. It's not a nose that hits you in the face, um, but it is subtle. And I think it's probably because of those notes. Those notes aren't like super strong notes to begin with. I don't feel like, um, but yeah, those notes are the ones I get. Um, now what was interesting when we finished our primer and I nosed it real quick, I did get some Oak. Um, but I always get Oak. I feel like on an empty glass. Um, I feel like that's what's always left is the oak smell. Hmm. All right, I'm going to dive into this because I like this. I like the nose. So, a little transparency: we had primed with this, so uh, it was my first drink of the day. It was a little strong at first, but then as I settled in and the visceral reaction went away, my last sip i got like cherry and cinnamon yeah and i was like whoa and it hit me strong like you were talking and i pointed to the glass i was like oh wow yeah, yeah. that was that was a, a strong but even taste. for 115 i don't think it's i don't think it, no 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 it's a nice i think long it was just it was, my, it was my first drink of the day that's why yeah. it came off strong yeah. um right now it's tasting just fine it does it tastes right around 115 i mean it doesn't it's not punching above its weight class it's not punching below it it's just right right around 115 to me um but yeah, I get I get a lot of uh, the lingering. There's a nice lingering um, finish that's not ethanol. It's it's like a spice, a spice finish. Uh, it could be maybe that cinnamon. I don't know, but I'm getting. I'm definitely getting some cinnamon, a little bit of cherry. Um, I'm not getting the butterscotch I got on the nose in the in the flavor. Yeah, but I am getting some like caramel. The cinnamon um, cherry is pretty spot on. A little bit of wood when you go back to the nose, too. Yeah, I was going to say the same. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's a good purchase. Good good pick by the by the Mash and Journey pick team on that one. And that was what? You and Jeff Tress and uh, Jason, who else went with you on that one? It was... Uh, there was another individual. Was it the guy from My Bourbon Journey? Did he make it? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Well, just, just uh, an, uh, I think another local uh, patron. Was there a guy named Ritter with you? Is that why it's named Old Ritter? Or is there any? No, I don't know. You that. don't know the background behind the name? No, I'm 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 pretty useless here. You're you're killing it so far. I know. Lots of info. Lots of info. All right. Well, uh, I think you're probably going to give that like a four point two seven five six rating. Uh, I I really enjoy it, and and <laughs> you can see that it's just about yeah, half gone about, now. Yeah, it's a little over uh, a third gone. Yeah, it's close to that's half. That's my thing. Is when I whenever I get one, you I, plow through it until you get about halfway through. Yeah, and, and then and I, like oh shit, yeah, tap the like, brake. Oh shit! <laughs> but I, I really like to you know experience the bottle and yeah, you know, so have an understanding of it. That's pretty cool. Uh, things we've been up to as uh, as I talk about this, you can finish off that pour. And if you want to, what do you want to do next? You want to do the Rebel or do you want to do the Ezra? 
And I think we do two Ezra's than two Rebels, even though they're. Yeah. Um, that's my let's go suggestion. Ezra. Okay, let's do that. Okay. And stay with because that's two rye based bourbons, and then we'll go with the weeds at the end. That's, that makes sense. So pour those out uh, while I'm talking here. So basically, just to kind of pass some time, um, you know, dealing with a little bit of the the banks emotions. Um, been doing some things around the house. As all, everyone knows, we had a little bit of a, a flood in December, so we've been really fighting with getting contractors here. Or we can get them here, but we have so much trouble getting a quote out of them yeah. or anything. So it's just been nuts for that. Uh, but I did get the patio ready. I was hoping we could record out there tonight, but then it got cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the patio is ready. Uh, power washed the patio. Uh, we power washed our front porch, got it all decorated up. Uh, Trina's still adding some touches to the front porch, but... You know, we're, we're there. What I'd like to do is host you guys one night out on the patio, yeah. get a movie on the projector out there, and watch it outside on the projector drinking some bourbon. That's what I'd like to do one night. So, I, I, We talked about this for like the last four years, but I think it'd be nice to do a recording on everyone's patio. So one on yeah. mine, one on... I'm fine with um, that. You guys just have to... Volunteer your patio. All my stuff is mobile. Is it? It is. Is it mobile? We've recorded in Louisville, Bardstown. We've recorded in the the Bardstown Bourbon Company Library. Um, I mean, we've recorded yeah multiple times in Louisville actually. Uh, in the uh, yeah the flats above the old Forester uh, yep. Distillery, we did it in a Airbnb. We did it at the uh, House of uh, uh, Justin's House of Bourbon. Yeah. I mean, we've we've done lots of recordings. Nice. It's twice in Bardstown. I mean, it's we we can get we can get places with this yeah. thing, man. So let's yeah. do it. I'll get my neighbor Jimmy that you met. Whatever. Up. That'd be nice, nice yeah. little guest. Sure. I'm fine with whatever. <clears throat> All you right. guys keep promising guests. Like Brett keeps talking about this one guy and never never brings him. Never fucking. Brings I don't know. Him. And the guy keeps wanting to be on our show. <laughs> like, he wants to be on the show. He Brett, wants. Brett doesn't bring him. So uh, what, what do we got do? now? We got this Ezra Bricks, Brooks. This is from um, this one's the Bourbon Enthusiast, right? So let me earmark this page so I can talk intelligently about the Mash and Journey one, and then I'll go to the Bourbon Enthusiast one. Uh, so with all cask strengths, uh, my understanding is you can only get cask strength in a barrel pick if you do the selection on site. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I have been told. So true or not, again, I don't know, but that's what I understand. So when we did um, when we did this pick, it was February of last year, 2022. Yeah. And uh, I did, within a week of each other, I did two picks at the same place. I did one with Mash and Journey and one with um, Bourbon Enthusiast. And it was kind of funny because I, he, I did, I think, Bourbon Enthusiast first. And then Jason texts me and says, hey, any, any interest in going down and doing a barrel pick? I was like, sure, yeah. What? And he's like, oh, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to uh, uh, Luxro. And I'm like, oh, shit, I just went there last week. But yeah, I'm still in. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to turn down a barrel pick, even if it is the same place again, you know? That doesn't bother me. Um, so that being said, uh, we went to um, we went down to Bardstown, and like I said before, James is really good from the Bourbon Enthusiasts of setting up drivers. So we had a driver that took us from Louisville down to Luxrow to do the barrel pick, 
And um, yeah, so we had a chance to do both an Ezra Brooks and a Rebel, and we did both. And so this Ezra Brooks, it's 120 proof because it is a cask strength. And the reason they're all 120 proof is they call it cask strength because that is the uh, proof that it goes into the uh, barrel. So if it comes out of the barrel 125 proof or 128 proof or whatever, they, they proof it down to 120. Um, that being said, uh, let's go ahead and uh, nose these up. So we've got this Ezra Brooks. This is the bourbon enthusiast one. Um, Ooh. That's light. Like that's like a, a nice pear, like a green apple, maybe a, a, a caramel covered green, green. Yeah, I was gonna. Apple. I was gonna say I get caramel. I don't get fruit, but I do get caramel. I get some. It's almost like a char, maybe a cinnamon. Yeah. But yeah, I get caramel. Yeah, definitely cinnamon. Caramel, cinnamon, maybe a hint of oak. It might be oak. It might be leather. I can't tell. But I think it's oak. But yeah, there's some definite sweetness in the nose. And I think it's the caramel. Maybe brown sugar. Oh, that nose. I'm liking that nose. We'll, hopefully the uh, taste stays with it. But this pick yielded 210 bottles. Mm. Oh, At 120 proof? Yeah. Damn, that's good. That's great. Do you like that? Yeah. So Ooh. the that, there's a lot there. There's a lot. Uh, it, as I took a drink of it, I think Yellowstone's going to pay the price of being the first one. Yeah, for uh, sure. Because I think it's opened up our our taste buds for it now, to restart receiving stuff. What's the mash bill on this? Oh fuck, man. Um, let me see if he puts it in the thing here. You said it's rye based, though, right? Yeah, this is their this is their rye. This is their Ezra. So this is their uh, it's the rye based bourbon. Um, I don't have a listing of it here. Um, but damn, man, this is, I'm, I'm actually enjoying this. This is brown sugar for days. As soon as I put it in my mouth. Um, I think, I think, uh, is this the one that Brett also got? I don't know what he got. I don't remember if he got this one or if he got the mash and journey, but I'll tell you, this is one I think he'd like. It's got a nice buttery mouth feel. And man, the brown sugar is really strong on this one. It's got a good sweetness and a nice, nice finish. Um, mm. I get a little bit of cherry on the finish. I don't know if it's maybe that Yellowstone just kind of sticking with me, yeah. but I get a little bit of cherry on the finish. Um, brown sugar is there for days. Like I'm just getting tons of brown sugar. It's almost overwhelming. Uh, there's like a hint of... Uh, it's very <clears throat> spice forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is spicy, yeah. <clears throat> but in a good way. Like, I'm not yeah. minding it at all. And I don't know if that's going back to maybe that cinnamon, but I'm I'm definitely getting some spice. This uh, is like the, you know, spice king of bourbon, like Grenada. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which. Speaking of which. Good intro. Good intro. We're uh, we're gonna go to Grenada next we're year gonna, in May. We're gonna go to Grenada, twenty twenty four. Yeah. So as I'm, it's as becoming, I've talked, it's becoming a bourbon hunter strip. Yeah, it really has. We've got three of the bourbon hunters already already booked. We're trying to we're trying to strong arm a fourth one into it. Maybe a fifth too. You should ask. You should tell Jason. I did. Oh, you did. Remember, he they're planning on Hawaii, oh. and so we need to talk him out of Hawaii. Yeah, that's a bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, All inclusives. Everything in Hawaii is so expensive. But the nice thing, so we've talked about this at nauseum on here. Here's uh, the thing about my my wedding. I honestly think unless you've never been there or you're a West Coaster, only suckers go to Hawaii now. So. It's so expensive. It's well, it's ridiculously expensive, and it's not all and inclusive. It's, hard, it's and it's expensive to get there. Yeah, but like gas, like even when gas here was like a dollar seventy five a gallon, it's like it's, it was like six dollars a gallon there. Yeah, and I'm so I can't imagine what it costs now. It's got to yeah. be close to nine dollars a gallon. And it's a long, long flight because you have to fly. Yeah. you have to fly Midwest at least. One, you have to fly San at least Fran one or, uh, stop, if not two. Yeah. Generally, it'll be like San Fran to, to Hawaii or L.A. to Hawaii, but you might have to go to Chicago first. Yeah. Chicago, then L.A., then Hawaii, or yeah. Chicago, then or something like that. Something like that, but it's 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 not easy. But the, the biggest thing is, is I don't think there's too many all-inclusives, which some people... I don't think there's any all-inclusives yeah, there. Some people don't... They, they like that. They want to go to Hawaii for like the more intimate resorts and things like that, but it's so fucking much money. Listen, I don't know that there are any intimate resorts there unless you stay in a... Small like a four seasons or something. Well, like but that. even then, like I think you're still in a big resort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I can't wrap my head around spending like seven hundred dollars a night and then you know expected to buy your dinner, a meal buy or your like right, that. and it is too. It is wild. now. I will say in Hawaii, one of the things that was nice is Trina and I. So when we went there, my parents for our honeymoon. Have you been more than once? No. Okay. My and I'll never go there again. Yeah. Only because I don't want to pay for it. If yeah. I'm going to pay that kind of money, like you said, I don't want to have to get there, then still be stressed out about the money I'm going to spend. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I I've tried to um, get across to some friends that maybe have never done an all inclusive or because or there's, even there's still a stress there. There's still a stress. Oh there. yeah, like you 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 go out to dinner one night and it's super nice and you drop. You drop two hundred dollars, and then you're like, "Fuck!" Like, if you're lucky, yeah, you're like, uh, "We're gonna eat at the hotel's continental breakfast, or we're gonna kind of just get a, a quick bite today." Like, you don't you don't have that at all inclusive. Like, you eat whatever you want. And, and now I will say that there are some people that are like, "Well, I, you know, the resort food isn't that great." I, I beg to differ at Sandals. Yeah, at Sandals, I so so my experience at Hard Rock so far, we've had two different experiences on two trips. Yeah. Our first trip was amazing, and the food was great. Uh, everything was great. Uh, the second time we went there, we didn't think the food was as good. Um, you also had to pay up charges for certain things, which was not the case the first mm-hmm. time. So, like, you had to buy, like, if you wanted the, like, for example, they had a tomahawk steak at sure. a couple of places, which probably wasn't even on the menu before. Yeah. But if you wanted anything the first time we went, you didn't have to pay an upcharge for anything. Sure. And this time there were upcharges if you wanted a tomahawk steak, for example, or something else. So, and then like premium wines, you had to pay yeah. for the wine and stuff like when, that. When we went to Hard Rock, I, I didn't eat too many times at like the actual dinner places. We ate at more of like the buffet styles, and it was it's cruise food. Yeah, like it, yeah. it was for the buffets. I agree yeah. with that. Um, I would say the sit down yeah. restaurants are a, a touch above that. Like they had a, sure. they had a Brazilian steakhouse there, which was pretty good. Oh, we did go there, and I did, I did enjoy that. That was we, pretty good. Yeah, I did um, enjoy that. And just the variety of different meats and stuff. Sure. I think that alone was just that was cool, worth it. When I went to Sandals, I felt like the food we had at all the places was was a notch above 
yeah. hard rock. It, it wasn't like you, you're not getting a, f- a five star dinner every time. No, but, and the one the one five star meal that we were supposed to get, our reservation didn't get. Oh yeah, yeah. Were you with us with that, that night? No, but I, I remember you were already at your new place. That was our yeah. last night there, I think, and and so we ended up having to go to an Italian <laughs> restaurant, which was fine. Yeah. I mean, it was good, and again, all the restaurants we went to were good. Now I will say I'm super excited because listening to the reviews in Grenada, the resort has three restaurants that so the one in Negril they had the hibachi place which was incredible They've Grenada has it as one, well yeah. they have the sushi place yep. which the guy that reviewed it you know of all of the Caribbean slash Mexico um, resorts all inclusives that he's been to he said this is the best all inclusive sushi that he's had hmm. so well, there's, there's 10 restaurants at this one specifically yes. and then they have their Butch's Steakhouse, yeah, which he said that a lot of resorts that he's been to, their steakhouses are more of like getting a steak at like Applebee's or, yeah. you know, Chili's or something like that. Where he's like, I, he, he said, I truly feel that this Butch's Steakhouse was like a true steakhouse. Like it, it was an, it was a noticeable notch above. So I'm excited. Just make a reservation for there every night. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and like I, I saw they had surf and turf. They had, a filet and lobster, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is it an upcharge at all? I, not that I saw, man. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd do an upcharge one night, you know? Not but that's the difference. So, like, going back to your original conversation, like, the 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 niceness of an all-inclusive is you've dropped all your money before you went there. Yes. The only thing it's you have... to pill to swallow. Right. But it's not... But it's still probably cheaper than going to Hawaii. Absolutely. So you've paid all the money you're going to have to pay. Now, if you want to do excursions, those are in addition, yeah. but that's true anywhere. Yep. Uh, if you're going to potentially do some upcharges or some different things like that or go off the... Like know, a spa. like Whatever, yeah, those are extra, sure. But the main cost of everything you're going to spend is already paid for yeah. before you go. You get whatever you, drinks if you If you want. just have a hard time with money right before you leave... No worries. You no just worries. you just stick to the to the standard stuff, and you've you could, got it made the whole week. You could you could pay for that trip, and you and could then, get drunk every I'll, night and filled up every well, day. Well, you could you could have your your car take a shit on you right before you go, and you're like, I, I it, it's it's not an additional thing. I, I don't right. have to worry about that on vacation. I agree. I've That's what I mean. Like it it just doesn't. <sighs> all inclusives make a lot of sense to me as long as they're a good all inclusive. It's a true. Uh, stress free, stress free yeah. vacation. Agreed. Um, Agreed. The the other cool, yeah. Go ahead and pour that out. The other cool thing that I really like about Sandals is, um, well, specifically Grenada looks. The grounds look just incredible. The grounds look just absolutely beautiful. The rooms are just look yeah. Stunning. My room, my room that I did looks nice. Yeah, and I'm gonna be it pretty just, close to roommates with Jeff almost. Yeah. Um, I like, and what I like that Sandals does, and I they started doing this at the Hard Rock in um, in uh, Riviera Maya, but they have the swim out rooms. Yes, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, or the walk they call them walkout rooms, but like the junior suites or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm in one of those. So like, if I want to, I can just real quick take a plunge right outside of the room. Yes. Two, two and, feet. And just hang out there. If I don't want to be around you fuckbags for one day, I could go out there, lay out, sit there and read a book while I'm sitting at the pool, get in whenever I want. Because you've got drinks in the room, just go help yourself all day long, not even see you guys if I don't yes. want to. Yeah. Um, but then they also have like swim up pool bars and things like that, which I'd say that's the one thing I really didn't take advantage of when I was in Jamaica is a swim up pool bar. 
Now, last oh. time when I was in Mexico, we were right outside of. So you know the new pool they just yes, built. Yes. Yep. That's where our room was. Mm, it was so right there. Yeah. So we just walked out there every day, and and, and I, I was just I, what I'm I did. A big pool bar guy. Oh, I love them. They're I'll awesome. Sit there and order drinks all day. And you take your Yeti. You take and, your Yeti with uh, you on the trip, and yes. then you just have them fill it up in your Yeti, and it stays and cold. The the best thing about Sandals too is. They are a strict no tipping resort outside of their butlers. Yeah, and maybe the um, so if you slip the, in a tip, like you get they'll some get fired. Fen- but you get phenomenal service when you do. They're not gonna. They're not gonna get rat out. As far as I, I never saw anyone tip, and I've and I've everything I've read. The trick is, is you tip get- on the first day, man. You tip on the first day, you give them a hundred bucks. And then you just then but they won't leave not, you alone the rest of the time. But that's not sandals. They they can't accept it. They they'll accept it. Don't, don't fucking have me. They'll do it. All right. All right. What are we getting into here? So this is another Ezra Brooks. This one is from Mash and Journey. And I was on this pick as well. <laughs> this was the week after the one we just had. Um, so I think that uh, Jason likes to call this like a poor man's Elijah Craig barrel proof. And... Um, We'll talk about why in just a second. I want to see if I get the same notes he does. But what do you get on the nose? Different nose. This one's definitely different than the last one, even though it's the same mash bill, same you know brand, Ezra Brooks. Uh, I get some brown sugar and caramel, but I get some serious, like uh, I get a little bit of uh, nut. Maybe peanut. Um, Just a little bit. There's a hint of a nut. <laughs> there's a hint of a nut. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Nice on the on the the mouth feels good. Uh, it's actually I feel like it's actually got a little more texture. Oh. Than the than the last one. That's like. That's a really unique mouthfeel because right away it's it's decently viscous but light, and then it's like this um, dry bloom in your mouth. It's, it's really weird. Okay, you know what he says? And I bet you this goes along with maybe that dry bloom. He says viscous with peanut butter. And dark fruit. Mm. And I think I could see peanut butter now that I'm reading it. I would have never picked that up, but it kind of goes along with the nose of nut. Um, but peanut butter on the, that's an interesting take. I don't know that I would get that though. I could maybe see that, but I don't know that I would get it myself. Huh. Interesting. It's not quite there for me. And I actually I think I like the first, I think I like so. the first one better um, <clears throat> at the moment. Yeah. This one, but here's the interesting thing. I feel like this one's this one's almost heavier in a good way, like not a bad thing. Like there's more to it, I think, and I just I don't know that I've gotten through everything yet because I think this is one of those ones that's going to open up the more and more you drink it. But that bloom in your mouth is just mm-hmm. crazy. I can definitely see why he calls this a poor man's Elijah Craig barrel proof because it mm. it does have a similar kind of feel to it. Um, that's that's not too bad though. <clears throat> a 
But he, so he says he he blinded against a few of his lesser favorite ECBPs to see how it would stack up, and it held its own. Mm. So that doesn't mean it stands above the lesser ECBPs. Yeah, <laughs> but that's funny. I mean, I mean, I like this. I don't think it's bad at all. Um, yeah, this is this is uh, this is reasonable, and it's only fifty five dollars. So I mean, yeah, that's a great price. It's thirty dollars under a private barrel, uh, Elijah Craig. Yeah, I'm not too too upset about that. But yeah, I think what I'd like to do is go see what all, all there is to do in Grenada. There's actually a really cool beach right behind our resort that's not part of our resort. <clears throat> it's called like did, Devil's Beach or something like that. I did not know that. Yeah. So you know we're right on the airport, right? Basically. Yes. So and, and so everything that I've I've listened to regarding that it, it's it's nice because there's only a, maybe a handful of flights into Grenada every day. Yeah. And the way that the runway is positioned, you don't get as much when there is a, a, a takeoff and landing, you don't really get the noise. Yeah. Um, because there's also a hillside right there that blocks that as well. Right. So here's so, the resort right here is this, uh, it's like devil's beach or something like that. Oh, nice. Right there. Very cool. And it, and it's, it looks like there's a walking path from our place to it. Well, you, uh, Yeah. But I can't okay. tell if that's true or not. But we, I mean, our beach looks like it's nice too, but this Take one looks like it's a, over there. well, this one looks like a cove. It's like a cove that has, and there's a hill there. There's like a yeah. lot of actual, uh, that's nice. Like there's, you'd have to walk down to it. It sounds so like you're not the seeing beaches it in angle, but. look nice, but the one thing that it, it's a volcanic Island. So you'll get more of that darker sand. So you can kind of see the cliffs yeah. there and then it comes down in this little area there. That's cool. Um, the other thing that is really nice about that location. I think it's underestimated that when you're flying international or, or, or long distance and, and you have a long travel day, like for us, oh, it's, it's a like long eight, trip seven, eight, seven, eight hours. And then you get, you land and then you got to go through customs and then you got to drive another hour and a half and then you hours have to, or something. Exactly. Yeah. Like right. you don't want to fucking do that. No. So you want to drive five minutes to your hotel. Jamaica you wanna, was the same way. It was right it, there. It was right there. That was so nice. That was the, that's my one complaint about the Riviera Maya hard rock is it's an hour it's and a half hour. to two hours yeah. away from the airport. Um, yeah. so you're like, you get to Mexico, you're all excited. And then you're like, oh shit. Yeah, well also, so got to ride there. I don't, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but the return trip, uh, or the the return flight back home, I, I want to say is at like four o'clock. So you actually get maybe a half day of, of kind of just maybe some pool relaxing. You yeah. pack up all your stuff, you can leave it at the front and you just stay there. Leave and a then, change of clothes to put in right yeah. after you right, to get on the airplane. And then, and then you can, then it's a five minute drive to the airport and you, and you hop on. Well, you can just climb over the fence and just, yeah, jump, just on, right the plane on, the, as, jump well, on the plane as it's taking there, off. There's no, um, there's no sky bridge. So, oh, really? You have to walk up to the airplane? Yes. So, you literally could. You literally could fucking walk on the tarmac. It looks like there's only one. There uh, is. Only one uh, runway. Runway the entire. uh, It's a small, small airport. Well, the entire island has. It's not a huge island. It's 100,000 people on the island. But I mean, most of it's mountainous. Yeah. Like, you can see that it's not even really populated in the middle. All the cities are on the edges of the island. You know, there's uh, an old fort, too, on the island. I did not know that. Yeah. And St. George's, which is the main city, That's, actually looks cool to like go and I, I wouldn't And it's mind. close by too. Yeah. It's not that far. I want to say they said it's like a 15 minute drive. Probably. Taxi. But they've got a, a cool little stadium, something or other there. A soccer stadium. Yeah. So 
I wouldn't actually mind going and just getting a drink at whoa, one of the whoa, whoa. local bars. The guy who doesn't like to leave the resort. I, well, it, it's not Jamaica. You know, it, it's not as rundown. So I, I wouldn't mind. There's um. So Grenada is known for being the the spice capital of the Caribbean, at, or even larger, the Western Hemisphere. Okay. So there's a lot of cool shops in there with like uh, little chocolate stores and spice places like that. Um, now, the really cool thing, me being there five days, and I actually ask if they're still doing this. They put it on hold for COVID, but Sandals has the Sandals Foundation. And with that, you can take school supplies down. So I might do that anyway. But you can spend like a couple hours in the morning and you can go to a local school and, and you can read to the kids. Um, do they speak English there? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it British Virgin Islands or what is it? It's not British Virgin Islands, but I don't know what the uh, language the language is. I don't know if it's that or French. Yeah. Because you're pretty close to like Martinique and um, yeah. But I, I thought about that too. I was like, you know what? I'm there for five days. I don't know if I want to, you know, waste the morning kind I'm there of for seven. out of the school. But if I was there for seven, I would I would consider it. Like, hey, let's go read to some pretty I, I've heard that they're like the happiest kids in the world and they have nothing. Really? They have like absolutely nothing. Like you walk in and they're like, you know, it's not like going to your local kindergarten here where they're Every kid's a brat, and uh, they have everything. Jesus Christ, dude. You're Sorry. disgusting. Uh, let's go to the Rebels. All right, let's do it. Well, so what's your take on these two uh, Ezra's before we move on to the Rebels? Because like you have to the, hold them up against each other. I almost. like the flavor of one, mouthfeel of two. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and the nose on both I thought was pretty strong. Yeah. Good call. I like that. I'll agree with that. All right. Let's do uh, – so we did the Bourbon Enthusiast first last time. So let's do the Master Journey first this time. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So other than that, um, there we go. I did a Maker's Mark uh, barrel pick just recently. Haven't talked about that yet, have I? No. No. So that was amazing. If you can get a couple of those. Oh, I'll be getting a handful of those. <laughs> a truckload. Well, I've seen, we, we all know about your maker's collection. So, yeah, it's pretty, I would assume. pretty significant. Um, I'll tell you what. That whole thing. So, I drove down to Louisville and took Chris with me, next yeah. door neighbor, the pilot. Was he ecstatic? Was oh, he, like, he is a huge maker's yes, fan. Yes, I, I, knew, I fan. knew that. So. so, when I texted him, you just took him to Disneyland. <laughs> when I texted him, he immediately sent me a picture of him at Maker's dipping his own bottle, and he said, my girlfriend says this is the most she's ever seen me smile in my life. And so, like, the in the picture yeah. that he's in. And uh, so so uh, he went. And, uh, like, he didn't even hesitate. He, he had stuff planned for the day of. He's like, let me clear my schedule. And he texts me back like an hour later. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so uh, we left. I think we left at like 7 a.m. And we had to be in Louisville by 1030. Or, Did he drive to your house? Yeah. 
<laughs> he, he did, yeah. Did he, did he, <laughs> he pick parked, you up? <laughs> no, I, I drove. You guys carpool? <laughs> <laughs> I drove the, in the Tesla. We actually, it was my, he was actually pretty excited to ride it down in that and see what that nice. was all about. Um, but we got all the way to Louisville without charging, which was nice. I found a, an on-street parking charger. It was there for about 10 hours throughout the day, and it charged me like $7. And I got a pretty big charge from that. And then wow. we drove home. So it was a pretty nice day for that. Um, now, we didn't get home till 10.30 or 11 because we got into an hour-long traffic jam. What? Yeah, a semi where it was three lanes just outside of Louisville had tipped over underneath an underpass. So they were funneling all the traffic down to one lane, had them get off on the exit ramp, then get back in on on the uh, entrance ramp. But because it, they were funneling it three lanes down to one and they were having to stop for – you know, cross traffic, yeah. it was taking forever. So yeah. we were stuck in traffic for probably an hour. That's the way home. Yeah, on the way home. Yeah. And uh, we didn't even get back into Louisville until about 5 o'clock. Mm. And uh, so so we got down to Maker's Mark right around about 11. We got there to the bar, and uh, they're revamping the guest center again. Mm. And they're making a huge bar. Think about the wild turkey bar that you and I have gone to and we like to sit outside. Yeah. They're trying to do something similar there where they have a patio that overlooks the grounds. Because you know how that's up a little higher in that yeah. house? And then you go down the hill and that's where Makers is. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they built a patio right outside of it where you can go and enjoy your drinks. But then there's an inside bar that's just huge. Mm. Um, and then they're revamping the very front entrance to make it like a I've hotel actually, entrance almost. I've actually never, besides going in and like, getting my ticket or whatever i've never really been in that visitor center it's it's because, much better now okay it was just the, a sitting room before yeah it was kind of nothing yeah and now i think they've they've latched on to the idea of hey let people hang out here for a bit yeah and so behind Get the bar drink. they had all the wood finishing series they had anything you could think of plus they have this orange marmalade uh old-fashioned mm. which is phenomenal they take an orange slice and then they basically dip both sides of it in cinnamon, put it on top of the cube after it's done. And then as it kind of melts into it, like the cinnamon kind of – and, and so, incredible. Oh, my God. It was so good. I wanted another one of those, but I knew we were about to have a whole bunch of makers down in the You're tasting. Um, so we sat up there until they were ready for us. Then they took us down to the restaurant, which is not quite open yet. Um, so they feed us this like four or five-course meal. Which was really, really good. The charcuterie board was ridiculous. I before think I, you drank? No, no, no. The, okay. Well, before we went into the tasting, yes. Oh, you had like a full meal. Yeah. How'd so, you like that? Because I hate. I, I mean, was, not that it I was would actually hate that, perfect but. because we didn't get hammered because of it. Oh, okay. Maybe that's yeah. We were, we were no because the group that went before us did their tasting, then had their food. Mm. So we were the we were the afternoon group, and they used up all of four hours with us. Wow. So they gave us a VIP tour. We went, we went and talked, you know, all over. Went into a whole bunch of different buildings, Rick houses we had, I'd never been in before. Samuel's um, wasn't there, was he? No, not with us. Um, we went all over the grounds. We went into the gift shop. I made him take us to the gift shop first because I wanted to get the wood finishing series this year. And uh, you didn't want to like miss out on that. James didn't want one, so I bought his. So I got two. And then um, what's his head? Uh, uh, Chris did the same thing. He bought two because one of the guys there didn't want his. So yeah. we both got two. And um, so then we go through the grounds, through the, a huge tour. Um, you know, he has us go in. We thieve out of a barrel. 
Yeah. So we get a barrel-proof maker's. So maker's cask strength, that's the base of what you're starting with. Yeah. So you go in and you taste from that. That's just plain maker's cask strength. Then they have you take a maker's 46 cask strength. So you, those are your first two tastes. So you haven't even gotten to starting tasting. The, the tasting yet. You've already had, you know, a mixed drink if you wanted one. And their their barrel pick room in the cellar is oh, insane. It's, oh, it's it's ridiculous. So that's another story. So like when you take the regular tour, they finish in pretty much the end of the tour is uh, before the tasting is in the cellar where they do the aging of the um, private selects and the the forty six series. Yeah. Um, so they sit in that cool cellar for another nine weeks after they add the, the staves in, the finishing staves. And um, <clears throat> so that's where the regular tour pretty much f- concludes. And that's built into a limestone wall that is butted up against the lake where they get their water from the for the distillery. Um, so it's really cool in there, like temperature cool. Yeah. But it's also really cool. Um, so you go in there, and then they have this special room. And as you're sitting in the room, like it's got all these Maker's Mark private selects up on this, uh, on display on this huge, like library looking type shelf. And there's a, you know, shelf after shelf after shelf of just private selects from yeah. previous picks and stuff like that. And there was a couple OHLQ ones up there. There were, you know, a whole bunch of them. <clears throat> and uh, while you're in the room, the tours are happening on the other side of the glass. Yeah. And you end up being part of the tour. Like people are taking pictures of you as you're sitting there taking their drinks. And so what they do is they basically give you, um, there, there's carafes up on the bar of all the different, uh, staves. So you've got basically what they do for the, for the private select is they make a barrel of just 10 straight staves of, just one stave choice. Yeah. So that that stave or those barrels get brought in. So you have there's five different staves you can choose from, I think. I believe that's right. Five staves. And um <clears throat> they have a carafe that is made from a barrel of those staves only, basically. And then so you, what you do is you take those carafes and you decide how you want to mix them mix them together. Okay, two staves of this, two staves of this, two staves of this. And, you know, adding up to 10 and then they, they mix it together with the portions and then you put it in a separate carafe for your blend and then you drink it and taste it and see what it would taste like. And then you go to the next one. And then, so, but before you do that, you go through before you do any of that. So you taste a cask strength, regular makers out of the barrel, a cask strength, 46, as it is intended, you know, regular 46. Then they have you drink a sip of each one of the individual stave profiles. Yeah. So you've now had seven drinks before you've even gotten started. Then you have to decide what you think your profile you want it to be. And then they kind of guide you with, oh, you might want to try this, this, and this. And then we actually got it right on our first try. Our first attempt was the best. And then we tried two others. And then we went and took so, – so now we've had 7, 8, 9, 10. We've had 10 different samples, and we retested some of them. So we've probably had 12 or 13 drinks by this point. Nothing crazy, you know, an ounce or so each. But still, it adds up. And then because you keep retrying them and testing them against each other, then we went and opened up – he brought out the wood finishing series from all the ones we wanted to try. 
And so we started tasting the wood finishing series up <laughs> against the one we selected. And then, uh, then Chris goes, you know what? Let's open up this year's uh, wood finishing series. So he opens up his bottle. We start pouring from it. And we're all, I mean, we're just drinking like all, we, we probably had 15 to 20 sips at least by the time we were done. Yeah. Like it was, it was nuts. It was was a great experience. Yeah. And because, you know, James has the bus or the driver, basically we were in a big, uh, Lincoln or a caddy or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, we were in a big fucking SUV and we were on the way back. It took that whole hour for us to kind of get our wits back against us or, you know, and and we even stopped, we had to stop, I think uh, twice to use the bathroom (laughs) on the way home. Um, but yeah, I mean, mind you, it was fun for listeners. When you're doing those things, you're not each tasting. Isn't necessarily like a, a two ounce pour. No, like they're they probably closer like to sip. an ounce, but by the time you have a t- taste and then a retaste, you're probably getting two, yeah. two and a half ounces. Yeah. I mean, we probably had 20 one ounce pours. Yeah. Which it's like 10 drinks. It's almost a whole bottle. Yeah. I mean, honestly, cause there's 25 ounces in a bottle. So, I mean, you've had almost a whole bottle of of bourbon by the time you're done at cask strength, (laughs) you know, you're, you're, I mean, you're, and again, they probably weren't all one ounce pours. He's probably given us half ounce pours maybe, but still, I, if, I mean, we were feeling pretty good. All right. There's rebel cask strength from mash and journey. What do you get on the nose? We haven't talked about this yet. Um, this one I get a nuttier nose. Yeah, definitely nuttier on this one. Uh, but I get more vanilla on this one. Yes. It's like a vanilla, nutty, cashewy. It's almost like a vanilla extract with nut. Yeah. Um, now this is Ooh. so I already had a taste of this, but I get more fruit on the on the nose or on the palate with this one. I, I definitely get some fruit. <clears throat> wow. Hmm. It's so generally when you have a wheat bourbon or a wheat whiskey, you think of it being a little softer, right? This this is spicy. Yeah. It's got it's a nice unique. and and it's probably spicy due to the 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 fact that it's 120 proof. Yeah. This one I feel like could be an ethanol spice, but it is a good finish. There's a little, uh, quite a little uh, Kentucky hug there. Um, I I like this. This is not bad. It's also nutty on the palate. A little bit, but I I get a lot of uh, fruitiness on the palate. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this is good. It's good. I like that one. You uh, pushing your last glass forward? Is that what you're doing? Oh yeah. All right. Let's get it. So what do you got planned for this uh, summer? We're in late April. We had Easter. How was your Easter? Anything special? You guys have any good Easter uh, no. traditions? No. Um, what do you, I, what I, do, you I, do I for took, Easter? Um, I don't know. Not too much. We didn't really do much. Do you with make Jillian's food? Family. Or do you go out to eat, or what do you do? Uh, I mean, I went up to my parents. I mean, traditionally, I I might have, but we did an Easter egg hunt with with Carter, and it was. I think I saw a video of that, or um, a picture, or something. Yeah, it was, his butt crack was showing. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> The thing with I probably made a comment like, "Oh, that's Tyler's." Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was adorable because we gave him this little basket of eggs, right? Yeah. 
Um, we did an Easter egg hunt. Well, he was entertained for, I, I'm not even shitting you, an hour. He would, he would run, grab a couple eggs, put it in his basket. We would take those same eggs and just throw them back in the yard. Like... Or or rehide them in the bush or in, in the in the vehicle, and he would just be like, we'd be like, oh, over here, over here, but he would never catch on to be like, there where the are my eggs, eggs going? Yeah. The same eggs, <laughs> the same fifteen Why eggs. Why is my basket not? We would like- seriously, like, dude, we would grab them and just like throw them in the yard, like That's just high. chuck them, um, <laughs> and he just thought that there were endless eggs from the, and, and this lasted an hour, so we killed an hour. Of his craziness, just doing that. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it was amazing. That's so funny. That's so funny. So you, as you're talking about that, look at the picture over there on the wall there on the shelf, the top shelf. Yeah. That's, that's Brylin. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, he's almost that's 19. That's fucking nuts. And that's a picture of him as a baby. That's just so funny. Uh, well, I mean, and then you there hear is- so often that it's like a blink of an eye. It, and it it's it, it is it I mean, is but look like, at look at him down there in that next picture down in the middle the black and white version yeah where he's in the middle i mean like i still remember him being there and now he's just a smart ass kid that just well i sent you that picture of him uh doing weightlifting right yeah 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 that's that, closer that to was that. that was like five years ago and he was like i know 12 it's crazy it's crazy. Um, it is. It's a blink of an eye, man. Yeah. You, like you blink and it's it's like everyone, I know it just sounds so cliche. Everyone tells you, yeah. Well, you it's know, like it, the years are long, the days, or the, the years are short, the days are long. Right. That's a that's a good way to say it. I've never heard that. That's good. But like it's, it's interesting because I feel like that was yesterday, man. I really do. Yeah. And he's freaking almost 19. He'll be 19 in a month and a half. Yeah. And well, it's, and it's, it's crazy because of all the sports he played too. So yeah. You know, every yeah. single year knowing you, it's been football. He's got football, basketball, baseball, basketball, and then volleyball at the end. Yeah, volleyball at the end. So there was always something, and yeah. then it's like it's like, God damn, that was, you know, it was a whirlwind, and it cost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it did, especially for him to just not even pursue it at college when he had offers. You know, yeah, and I mean that's that was the hardest part. He he had a, he, his last year in volleyball. He actually really really started to. And it was only his second real year because of COVID of playing yeah. volleyball. Yeah. And because he's he was just a natural athlete, he just bloomed late from a height perspective. Sure. He was a great basketball player. Well, he, he was, was always so short. What, he was always like five ten, and then it's like next thing you know, he's like six foot. No, he was like five one. Well, I'm, and then I'm the next thing you like, know, he was like five eleven. Yeah. Like it, in a year, he went from like honestly just breaking five foot to like five eleven. But that wasn't until like his sophomore, the end of his sophomore yeah. year. So like he kept not making the basketball team because he was short, even though he was a good basketball player. Yeah, he had a good shot, he had a good dribble, he had a good, he good played good defense. You know, it's the funny. The the funny thing with him in, in football too is he was like undersized for his position as yeah. well. But now he's a big kid. Yeah, now he's. Well, like, I was I was the same way. I, I graduated high school and I just. If if we had held him back a year, I think his his athletic career would have been a hundred percent different. Yeah. Because he already did well in his athletic career, however, because he grew late, like he had to he had to learn things to stay good in like basketball because of how short he was. Yeah, and that that I, I told him I was like, listen, you stick with it, you stick with it, you stick with it. Those things that you learn because you had to is going to be the differentiator when you don't need them anymore because you're taller, yeah. but you still know them. Yeah, you know, like how to you know 
a quick release on a on a shot, sure. you know, or you know how to extend a, a layup to like keep your body and keep from getting high blocked. off the glass and and yeah and an early release on those and different things and then the hustle and and footwork and things like that for defense and you know just so we could keep position but like i don't know it, it was it was frustrating because you would get the coaches telling you every year like you know hey he's one of the better kids but he's just so short you know, just give him another year, let him grow. And we're like, yeah. why don't you give him another year on your team? Yeah, exactly. On a JV team that doesn't matter. That JV team is, and that ninth grade team are there to develop kids to varsity. Yeah. And then guess what they were doing when he was a senior? They were wanting him to come back out for basketball. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, like, no, yeah. no, you, you, you kind of pissed me off for just cutting me for like three years straight. And it sucked because the kids that they were putting all their stock in all quit because they weren't basketball players. That's they were just tall. Shitty. They were just tall. Yeah. And they ended up playing other sports like lacrosse and different things like that. And I'm just like, yeah, you just you, – you turned away the kids that loved the sport be, just for the kids that were taller in eighth grade. Yeah. But then those kids that were taller in eighth grade didn't end up continuing to grow. Yeah. So they weren't taller by the time they were juniors and seniors. Yeah. And so you had these kids that were learning how to be centers, and they were probably more built like a – by the time they got to high school, they were built more like a, a guard or a forward, but they had no skills in that department Yeah. because you taught them how to be a center. So it just kind of – it was just stupid. And, and so this kid that, you know, was learning all facets of the game, you know, defense, uh, you know, he was a great distributor of the ball. You helped me coach one game. Yeah, I mean, you got that was to see fun. Him play. Um, I, I just – it just sucked because it was it was hard to watch him – go from loving a sport to just not caring anymore about yeah. it because, you know, no one no one other than, like, you know, his travel teams helped develop him. Yeah. It was frustrating. Let's nose this. Yeah, let's nose it. I'm getting irritated. <laughs> You're pissing me off. You're pissing me off. Oh, good nose. It's a yeah. little more subtle, but uh, it's still a good nose. It is subtle. Uh, it's lighter. I'm getting, like, a lighter fruit on this one. I'm getting a little more of a chocolate. Mm, chocolate. Uh, maybe some I caramel. I, I don't know if I'm getting. I, I. The more of like toffee on this one. Okay, I could see that because I'm getting like a caramel and brown sugar type yeah. of. Uh, so I could see that. Um, hmm. I feel like maybe I'm getting a hint of citrus or something. I mean, I'm gonna taste it. Ooh. That might be the favorite of the night. It that's more chocolatey. Um, it's got a little spice to it. You get any orange? A little, like a little bit of citrus or yeah. orange to it. There's. It's very complex. It's got a a, a pretty decent Vanilla. finish to it. Yeah. Um, this is all around just a yes, strong. It's a very good bourbon. Yeah. This is good. Um. Yeah. No. This is real. This might be my favorite too. And it's interesting because I felt like we had a really strong contender out of the gates on that first Ezra Brooks. And then I felt like we dropped off a little bit, but they were still all good. Yeah. And then this one here is also another solid uh, contender. No, this is good all around. I, I, the nose is a little subtle, but the taste and the finish are really outstanding. Yeah, that's good. Damn, that's really good. Um, so I went to Cap City tonight. 
had uh, their fish sandwich. Ooh, fish sandwich. You're usually a cheesesteak person there, I right? normally do, yeah. But then I talked to myself. I w- I've been talking for the last few nights about fish and chips. And so I almost bought the fish and chips, but it's like twenty one fifty there. For like fish and chips. Right? Mm. And a fish sandwich is like fifteen fifty. Yeah. So it's like $6 cheaper. And, uh, you know, you're still getting a big, huge slab of fish. You know how they are there. They, everything's big. You're getting it between two slices of bread with lettuce and tomato on it. And then also uh, they actually slap cheese on it, which, you know, added. I don't normally like cheese on fish, but it was actually pretty good. And then, the, and then you got fries. So it was basically fish and chips Yeah. with a sandwich. You know, like I was like, whatever, six bucks cheaper. I'm fine with that. I don't need to eat. Like if there's more food on the platter, I would have brought some home. There's, I, yeah. I didn't need more food. It was plenty. Um, but it was good. Trina got the meatloaf platter. So that comes like stacked with mashed potatoes on top of it, then like frizzle, frizzade or whatever onions, frizzade. yeah, and then the, a side their of meatloaf looks amazing. Oh, their meatloaf's ridiculous! It's so yeah. good, and it's funny because I Go always back t- to the nose on this. I always tell the story of uh, meatloaf. My mom used to make meatloaf, and Ma, I grew meatloaf, up. I I grew up hating meatloaf. Yeah, and my mom's meatloaf I just I didn't like it. Did you do you like it now? Not my mom's meatloaf, no. But my wife's meatloaf, I love. And yeah. she convinced me to try meatloaf. Um, so my my mom's meatloaf, terrible. And she'd always tell me every time, oh, it's a new recipe. It's a new recipe to get me to taste it. And it was always the same recipe. It pissed me off. So I started just hating meatloaf. And then it took a long time for Trina to convince me to try her meatloaf. And then when she uh, got me to try it, when she finally convinced me to try her meatloaf, I loved it. Nice. And then I've all the meatloafs I've had most places since then I've enjoyed. I just my mom she puts way too much onions in it, and it's just like <sighs> a it's just an onion loaf almost. Yeah. <clears throat> so I got probably equal there. Now go back to the nose on that. I want to know what you're saying. I I, I want to know what you uh, smell there. I get a little more fruit now, like a citrus, like an orange. To me. It smells like an apple orchard. Oh, maybe apple. I think because I had so much orange before that I was expecting it to be. So I'm going to mix these two. There looks equal parts there. I don't get, uh, I don't get, I think, the same strength apple that you do on this. Yeah. But I definitely get fruit. I I get vanilla and I get orange. Go to next what? So, I just made the mistake of actually mixing both the Rebels. Oh, that's not a good idea. Why not? Did you like it? I haven't tried it yet. Okay. If you're going to mix anything, mix a Rebel and an Ezra. I'm going to. Which one did we like a little bit more? Gotcha. Okay. So, I think it was... The the two that that are the lowest, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really enjoy this rebel. I think this is good. Do not like mixing both the rebels. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to work out. Give me that one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There might be some wasted bourbon. I apologize. That's all right. I've got an extra bottle of each. That's why I do it, man. I don't think these are equal pours, but... Yeah, they don't have to be exact. That's unfortunate. Jason from the Mash and Drum is the one who got me on trying the 50-50s. Into drugs? 
Yeah. Are you into drugs? Drugs are bad, okay. 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 Yeah, that was good. That was good. No, he's the one who got me trying the 50-50s. His last Ezra and Rebel that he did, I think those were Distiller's Collection maybe, um, he convinced me that those are uh, better if you actually mix them. And I thought they were good by themselves. Yeah. And then when I mixed them, I was like, damn, this is good. So I, I plowed through both of those yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, really good. Nice. What I should have done is I should have uh, just poured them both into a pitcher and then emptied them both out into, like mixed them and then emptied them both out into the bottles of uh, the, uh, you know, respective bottles just to kind of create a blend. But I hate doing that to a bottle, you know? Yep. All right. It's noses. I'm actually half tempted to go buy a 1910 and a 1920. And do it. And do that. Do you not have both of them right now? Not full both, I don't think. And I want I wanted to do it you as You want like, like a, half and half yeah, to and do then that? End up with two bottles of 1915, basically, is what yeah, I was thinking. That's cool. And then what I'm the next thing I think I'm going to do, Jason gave me this idea, is taking a bottle of. Um, Old Forester Signature, 100. Yeah. And pouring it into your uh, barrel back there. Yeah. Keeping out a sample of the regular 100 and then doing like a half week later, then another half week later, then another half week later samples and then doing a taste test against them. I like that. So uh, what do you think of the 50-50? I haven't had it yet. Give me a second here. Basically, this becomes like a four grain is what we've created. So Interesting. Which is kind of what Middle West Spirits is, but... Uh, the nose is good. And ideally, when you're blending or mixing things together, you want them to sit for a little bit longer than what we're doing right now, but give them a chance to truly combine. But, all right, let's go into this. And this is a lot of times how I drink my Rebels and Ezra's now. Really? Think, yeah. Ooh. It's different, right? Whoa. In a good way. There's yeah. a lot to it. There's a, a lot to it. If you have a, re, uh, a Resra, ooh, that's what we should call it, Resra. Resra books. Or re, Reb, Rebs, Rebs, Rebs Brooks. Rebrooks? Rebrooks. Rebrooks. Um, yeah, if, I mean, if you've got a Rebel and an Ezra, and they're both cast strength or distiller's collection, I think this is a good way to combine them is 50-50 on these. And it's, it's actually a pretty good little uh, taste, I think. Uh, you're basically creating a four grain bourbon, and yeah, uh, you are. It's it's good. It is good. All right, what are your uh, rate your rate your experiences here this evening? And don't put them all in order like one through five. Do your favorite rebels, your favorite Ezra's, and then your Yellowstone. By um, rate your Yellowstone against itself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Yellowstone was my third favorite. Okay. What did you like above it? The two, the Ezra and the Rebel. Yes, one of each. Yeah. Um, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, Yellowstone was strong. It was good. Yeah. These are all really good. Yes. All fantastic. Really enjoyable. Um, I think just each each one of them was a little bit the the bourbon enthusiast probably on both of those were yeah just a little just bit a above. touch yeah. touch better but the but here's the but here's the, the Ezra thing. Brooks 
mash and drum like that was the most unique mouthfeel yeah, that it was that was it, i uh, agree with that completely I, one of the most unique mouthfeels like, i've ever seen there was actual seen. texture to it yeah. it was like it felt the like bloom a thickness to me or something is like yeah now what's interesting to me is so like when you go to a place like Ezra Brooks we didn't talk about this or not Ezra Brooks but Lux Row um, when you go to a place like that the way they have it set up for you is you've got three or four samples in front of you you don't get to go through and just thieve from barrels and pick your favorite one. They give you three or four options. If you don't like any of them, you don't get anything. It's not like they roll out three more barrels for you. Yeah. Because at Ezra Brooks, for example, they bring it out and they've got it all. They've already run it through a hydrometer and they've done the math to figure out how many drops of water it takes to get it down to the 120 proof. So all the barrels come in at a higher than 120 proof uh, range, and then they tell you how many drops to add to get it down to 120, because that's what it's going to taste. You know, that's what it's going to be coming out of the bottle. So, but anyway, you get your three or four picks, and that day, you may not get a really good pick. So you know, the fact that both of these, I like the the bourbon enthusiasts just a touch better. All that means is that because I'm 100% convinced on both of these that we got the best pick both days. So like I got the best we got the I agreed with the Ezra Brooks yeah. pick in both scenarios and I agreed with the Rebel pick <clears throat> in both scenarios. So like we yeah. we got the best ones of the day each yeah. time. It just so happened that Bourbon Enthusiast it, yeah, was given two that's better barrels. Yeah, that's such a a a good point because you you were there for both. Yeah. And those both will in the day. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, well, I don't like this bourbon enthusiast pick. I don't like this mash and drum pick. It's like, well, that was the best pick of the day. Right. And you have no other choice. Well, you can't here's say, hey, I want three more. You and I have been in both clubs, and I know that you're no longer a bourbon enthusiast club, right? But you're yeah. a mash and journey. Just like, I just can't Right, right, right. And that's fine. But you were a bourbon enthusiast long enough to know that you agreed with his palate. 90% of the time, right? And so Mash and Journey, you agree with his palate too, right? Everything Jason comes over, whenever he jumps on our podcast, everything we do from him, we generally agree with his palate, yes. right? Same thing with Bourbon Enthusiasts. We agreed with his palate most of the time. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing from a club perspective is if you're finding a club, find a club where you agree with their palate, but understand that even if they're a, a very popular club they're at the you know they're hamstringed or whatever hamstrung hamstringed whatever by the barrels that they're offered so again both days i went did both of these picks we got the best picks in both i'm convinced we got the best picks of each one now it just so happens I feel like that the the barrels that were available the day of the bourbon enthusiast pick just happened to be a little bit better. That's nothing. To, that's nothing to say against Mash and Journey or you know bourbon enthusiast or anything like that. It's just that day the, his his barrels were just a touch better. Um, but again, that's just that's just how it works. Some days, I mean, I Mash and Journey could have easily have gotten that slot a week earlier, you know, and then Bourbon Enthusiast might have been a week later, and then the, these would be reversed. And I'm 100% convinced that that both of them would have picked the same bottles, or barrels, I should say. They would have both picked the same barrels if they were in the reverse situation. So, 
I love both of their palettes. Uh, Mash and Journey's palette I've agreed with. I wish I could. I wish I had more in my budget to go out on a limb for some of the things Mash and Journey does because they do a little bit more experimental type things, and they do a little bit more stuff that I don't get to see on a shelf. If I don't know if you've noticed that or not, um, but if I had more disposable income, I'd, I'd be buying a lot more of the Mash and Journey stuff just because he does some crazy stuff. He does some stuff that I'd never see on a shelf anywhere. So if you're thinking about joining a, a club and you want the status quo stuff, I mean, bourbon enthusiasts generally sticks to the mainstream stuff. They're going to do your Nulu's, your Starlights, your Rebels, your Ezra's, your Elijah Craig's, your Russell's, you know, all those things, Old Forester. Um, but you'll get a lot of those from Mash and Journey, but you'll also get some really unique finds from Mash and Journey as well. Yeah. Some things that you'll never, ever see from anyone else. Yes. Um, so I, I think depending on what you're looking to find or looking to do, um, I think that's going to help, you know, make your decision on what type of a club you join. Um, I know I've been part of two other clubs outside of Mash and Journey and Bourbon Enthusiasts, and I did not gel with their, with their taste profiles. And uh, so I had to, I had left them, and I've, yeah. I I just kept giving them a chance, and they just never they never gelled with my taste profile. And I'd look on their Discord or their, you know, their Patreon, and people were like, "Oh yeah, these are amazing," and I'm just like, "Yeah, not for me." Yeah. So I just had to leave because I, it, you know, I was hoping more people would be like, "Oh no, these are terrible," but they were liking them. So I think it was just my palate not mixing with theirs. Yeah. All right, so. I'd have to agree. Yellowstone's my third. I would say the two bourbon enthusiast ones uh, are my one and two. Um, they're both the Ezra bourbon enthusiast and the Rebel bourbon enthusiast are my ones of each of those uh, expressions. Um, but but like you said, that Ezra book's cast strength from Mash and Journey, the mouthfeel on that is so unique and so different. I don't want to say off profile because it still has some Ezra Brooks-ness to it. But it's it's different different than any other Ezra Brooks I've ever had. Yeah. Um, the mouthfeel is ridiculous, and there's a nuttiness there that I don't normally get from Ezra Brooks. Um, and I don't know if the charcoal mellowing uh, finger quotes uh, takes that out, uh, but it's there in that Mash and Journey pick, and it and that's a good that's a good mouthfeel. It's a good finish. I like them all. Um, but that's my I think that's my order. You got to catch them all. <laughs> um. But that's my order. I think I, I like them all, though. I, I, I've been drinking, as you notice, there's a dent in every one of these. Um, yeah. I've been drinking them pretty crazy, especially the last week or so. Yeah, especially since you got all four. Well, yeah, that that and, and there's there's plenty last, of sips out of both. last week's events yeah. got up the uh, accelerated the the, the consumption. So, well, I think that's uh, pretty much it for us. I we don't really have anything planned for next week yet. Just because I, my mind has not been in planning out these episodes for the last few weeks. Actually, this episode tonight was uh, Tyler's uh, idea. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. And we'll come up with a good idea for next week. And then we'll, uh, we'll see you then. So thanks for joining us. And uh, have a drink. This one's uh, our first episode without Banks. So cheers. cheers real quick to Banks. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. 
and follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.